Hello and welcome to From the BLM, the Burnley podcast. Uh, welcome, the first podcast of 2024. Uh, Happy New Year to uh, to you all, wherever you're listening from. Uh, delight to say we've got the full pod squad. Trying out that as a, as a new term to describe <laughs> us all. Uh, so myself, mm. Andrew Greaves, Simon Evans, Paul Woodhouse, Chris Borden and Justin Connolly. Uh, I'm not sure the pod, the pod squad will catch on, but we'll see. Um, before we move on to matters in hand, which is the transfer window, which has been open four days and we've still not signed anyone. I'm not quite sure what <laughs> Ashley Pace is up to. I'm sure she's preparing some social media onslaught for a player that's far out of our reach. Um, but no signings just yet, but plenty to talk about. We'll park that to a little bit later. We'll also discuss uh, tonight, as you're listening on Friday mornings, at Spurs Cup game. Burnley uh, travelled to Andrew Foster Coglu's side in the, uh, the FA Cup. Uh, but we thought we'd start with a bit of a, a look back or at least a, a fleeting visit to what has been a year of two halves, 2023. The joy of winning, the absolute elation of winning the championship um, with plenty of time to spare in the first half and then the struggles in the Premier League season. Now, what I'm going to do is going to ask all the chaps for their player of the year, first of all. So, player of the calendar year. Now, we this is going to be quite difficult because um, mm. some of the people who might have been contenders are either no longer with us or seem to have disappeared off the face of the earth uh, at the Gawthorpe Triangle, um, where players go to disappear. Um, but we'll see what we get. So, who wants to start us off? Justin. You've got a mischievous glint in your eye. Who's your player of 2023? I was, I was, since you've just dropped this on me and I've, I've not had a chance to think about it properly, um, I was going to go for Nathan Teller, but I'm not going to go for the obvious. I'm going to go uh, for Lyle Foster because I think um, the season that he's had so far, I know it's been a little bit up and down, but um, I think he's he's the one player this season, um, arguably, um, that has really shown that he belongs in this division. And I don't want to hark back too much to last year. Last year was last season was brilliant. Uh, we all we all loved it. We're all going to choose um, the same highlight. But I think um, the way the way uh, Lyle kicked on at the start of the season gave us that little bit of glimmer of hope, didn't he? And since he's come back into the team, he's sort of picked up where he's left off. Um, you know, his goal last week, last week was fantastic. His all-round performances since he's come back into the side have been great. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does for the rest of the season. Excellent. Bit of a left-field choice. I didn't expect uh, Lyle Foster uh, quite so soon to, to to be kind of heralded as a, a player of the year. Simon, are you are you sticking traditional so you're sticking with a player from last season, or are you are you also looking for a glimmer in this season's? No, I'm, I think I'm going to be a stickler for like the calendar side of it, and I think I think personally, I think anyone who's the player of the year has to have played both sides of the year. Um, so there's very few players actually 
Why? Because you can't be player of the right. year if you only played six months of it. Of course you can, you can. can you? It's not player of the six months. <laughs> it's player of the year. 2023 as a whole, as a, you know, as a, uh, as a collective entity. As well, a he, year. He, he, Lyle played in the last, he, he's been with us for a year now, hasn't he? He played last season. He did, yeah. yeah. Scored he a did, goal. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I'm saying I'm going to go for a player who, who's, who I think uh, is undervalued, underrated. Um, I see people every week in the ratings on, on, on forums and on social media questioning him, and I just don't get it. And he's played, he's, at the start of this season, it seemed like a company decided uh, that he agreed with those critics and he wasn't going to be featuring, having been part and parcel of our side. I'm talking about Josh Brownhill. For me, mm. not a superstar. Not not a player, but he's one of the few players who I think you could imagine another Premier League club coming in in January and saying we could do with him uh, because he's a consistent performer and he was there all the way through it. Through the re- came out of the relegation team into a side, made himself a big part of a promotion team, and after what looked like a little bit of a snub at the start of the year, fought his way back into the side and has been consistent again. Never brilliant. But I'll take a player like that, and I think he deserves uh, some acknowledgement. So Josh Brownhill for me. Yeah, interesting choice there. I think I 100% with, agree with your rationale. I think he is that kind of player. And I, I think it is quite telling that you always get a Wolves, a, an Everton. You know, these kind of clubs that you would perhaps put a step above us in terms of stature, in terms of you know Premier League experience, looking at someone like Brownhill and thinking he can be part of that, that kind of collective. Yeah, exactly. You know, effort to kind of, you know, not just survive, but push up a table. Um, mm. Woody, what about you? What about your player of 2023, player of six months, player of December, whatever whatever caveat you're going to put on your player? Phil Kavner. I couldn't have them both, but if I can't have him, I think I might, I think I might go for Jordan Bear. Uh purely and simply because he looked the class act, obviously, in the championship. And even though he didn't make a seamless transition into the Premier League, we look uh, a decidedly worse back four and side without him. And besides him having one or two niggles, a bit of a dubious hamstring and a funny-looking knee, um, he's, he's, definitely, he's definitely somebody you, you would definitely pick first or second on your team sheet, I think. Interesting, yeah. What do we think about Bayer, Simon? You're, you, yeah, no, I think that's yeah. a good shout. I think you know he, he, fits, he fits your he, criteria of being footing both teams, doesn't he? Absolutely, and uh, you know he hasn't found it easy going into the Premier League, but that's kind of what we expected a little bit, and it's understandable. But he, I thought he was absolute class when he came into the side last year. I mean, you know the Beckham Bayer mm. thing; it's, it, it stands up. Um, he, he's he's learning, isn't he? This year, I think he's I think he's also realised that you know his 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 priority is to be a defender. You know, he's he's cut down a little bit, perhaps on the on the runs out of the back, and the, the doesn't get as much chance to be that ball playing centre half. But I, I totally think that's a good shout from Woody. Yeah. And you also it's, it's also you a bit, a bit of <laughs> rare praise for a Woody view there from Simon. Um, <laughs> It's amazing to think that he is only 23 as well, isn't it? I mean, that's the that's, that's 
you know, mm. he, he looks, you know, he looks a little bit, he certainly looks a lot older than he did last year. That's obviously the Premier League <laughs> taking its top. But it, it, you kind of think about where he will be as a centre-half in five years' time. You know, you'd expect him to be a full German international. You'd expect him to have, you know, got used to the top flight of English football. You'd probably expect him to be at a far bigger club than Burnley. So, um, mm. yeah, Bear, I think, is a, a really good not on, shout. Not on loan at Hull, you would hope. Yeah. <laughs> not on loan at Hull, unless unless he does something to really piss company off. Because I can imagine <laughs> that trip down the M62 is reserved only for players who fall foul of Vincent. Um, Chris, what about you? You're, you've gone with somebody predominantly featured last year or yeah, somebody who's yeah. made the transition? Again, like sticking to sticking to Simon's criteria, it's it's got to be someone that's played a you know a good part in last you know the, the second half of last season and the uh, the first half of this. So I've gone with uh, with Johan Gudmundsson. Like, uh, I mean, we all know what to expect from him. He, he, he puts in the graft and he's he's uh, got moments of quality. Fabulous left foot, and uh, I think a lot of people thought fitness wise he might have been uh, finished, but uh, you know Vincent uh, obviously came in and saw. You know, the quality he could add, well, even moments as a, as a 10, moments on either flank. You know, you look at the, uh, it, it contributes, you know, key goals as well, you know, set pieces. And uh, I just, you know, I think the side looks an awful lot better when he's in it this season. You know, it looks mm. more solid. Yeah. And, uh, you know, more, you know, yeah. just, just, it's just one of those reliable players. He's, he's going to be a seven out of 10 minimum every week, I think. And, uh, yeah, you can you can hang your hat on. It's one of them pros you just you, you know you love to have in your dressing room because you know you know what you're getting every week. Yeah, I think he's a great shout. Um, I I think you're absolutely spot on. I I think he adds that balance. I think we look more balanced. I think we just look like you know he's that experience, isn't he? If you think about when we started the season, we had literally no real Premier League experience um in there. Um, so yeah, I I. I'd agree. I think he's. I think he's a great choice. Um, I also went for Bayer um, for the same reason in terms of him being. Um, he, kind he of Mike Trezor onto it, did he? Yeah. It's just about, just about <laughs> magic, Mike. Um, it, it could have been obvious. You know, you could have gone for you know Barnes or Benson because their goals against those down the road. You could have gone for Teller as the obvious choice. But I, I think Bear is still of all of the company signings. Bear is the one that I'm most fascinated by, and he's probably not going to be that first hundred million pound player because he's, you know, centre halves don't tend to go for that kind of money. But I, I think he's the one which we will see at World Cups in in the latter part of World Cups in years to come, uh, possibly as a German mm. captain. I think it'd be really, you know, we don't tend to have players like that at Burnley in terms of where you can point and go, you know what. He earned his kind of crust at Burnley. You know, that's where he became a proper player who then goes on to win a, a World Cup or a European Championships. I say I'm not I'm not touting him for a move here, but uh, I was you know watching a bit of a uh, bit of Sky earlier and uh, talking about Bayern looking at Tamori, who's uh, obviously done ever so well at uh, at Milan. I mean, you know, another uh, Cobham graduate that Chelsea have deemed. Uh, not good enough, or uh, they, they need it for the FFP scenario. <laughs> Delete where appropriate. Uh, and you're thinking, well, you know, I mean, supposedly that's unlikely to happen. Milan don't want to sign, but you think, you know, Bayern Munich surely know about Bayer, you know, about you know, before he landed at, at Burnley and, you know, German under 21 skipper previously. And 
you wonder whether they might earmark him. But I mean, tomorrow's obviously got that pace that you need at, at, at that elite level as well. But uh, you wonder whether they've half an eye on uh, on Bayer as well. Yeah. Yeah. The only only, form. only Sorry, caveat go. for Bayer is that he's quite he seems to be quite injury prone, particularly this season, doesn't he? And he missed a mm. little he missed quite a, a spell last season. So that's the mm. only caveat you're putting in. But he has been he has been integral in this shift of style that, that companies instituted and he's he's that kind of player. So I think that's a good shout. Yeah. Tamori, of course, former Hull City Loney. <laughs> more on more on the Tigers a little bit later on uh, in today's show. Um, go on then. Let's let's get this over with. I think we all know what this is. Um, the question should really be: Is, is anybody not going to pick Benson's winner at Ewood? And let's just remind any Rovers fans being subjected to this in workplaces. Um, Burnley winning the league at Ewood Park um, as their kind of you know, promotion hopes or finishing anywhere decent hopes evaporated. Um, go on, we might as well go around the table. Simon, we'll start with you. Moment I mean, what, of the year. I mean, what can you say? I'll, I'll, I could come up with some contrarian left field version if I thought about <laughs> it, I'm sure. But it, it, it just can't be beaten, can it? It just can't. You can't beat that. No. Uh, talking of contrarian... Um, potential <laughs> flies in the ointment. <laughs> Our director of contrarianism, Paul Woodhouse. <laughs> You're not allowed to I'm... choose Phil Kavanagh's back heel against Hereford in the fourth division either. So, <laughs> no, that was shit. Was say, in the street against, against Woody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's through my legs. No, because that's so patently obvious, but I will choose another Blackburn moment or another couple of moments to you know, make up for that. Um, Ashley Barnes first against Bastards when he pummeled the keeper into the back of the net. Everything at that particular moment kind of came together. We're, basically, we didn't let him have a touch of the ball. You can't um, pick that. That's the wrong year. Is it? 2022, huh? That's that was 22. God's sake. That's not contrary. Uh, but, but that's very contrary, and I'm not in the right. But but I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to allow it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> proper contrary, and and also and also from that uh, that image of Teller to Dominic Hyam going three oh, nil, yes. which is now my screensaver. A beautiful moment. That was that's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I think we will allow. I think we will allow the who put the keeper in the bastards net moment. Um, <laughs> what an what an incredible uh, moment! But of course, you know Benny at Ewood, uh, Justin. I, I can't imagine you'll be a voice of uh, no. disquiet against that. Absolutely not. That was obviously it's the 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 best moment. Not of not just of the the last twelve months, but probably the best moment of the last ten years, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, if I had to pick another one, I'd probably say. The 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 two nil win over Sheffield United at home a few games before that, which kind of really sort of sealed the deal, didn't it? Everybody knew we were going up. Everybody knew we were probably going to win the title. But that when um, when Fodringham got sent off in that game quite early on, it was like a real sort of there was a bit of a sigh of relief that you know we're probably going to win that game. And then then we managed to contrive to not win another game till that 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 night at Ewood. So. Um, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be that that Benson goal, hasn't it? It's got to be. 
Yeah, all part of the pr- plan, Chris, do we think? That kind of taking well, the foot think... off the gas to win it at Ewood? Yeah, exactly. So the best <laughs> moment was uh, purposefully losing at home to QPR so we could win the league at Ewood. <laughs> easily, easily the moment of the year. Yeah, just, we're just, we're just going uh, <laughs> to roll over to our only home defeat of the season <laughs> just so yeah. we, can, uh, we can go on uh, and, and win the league on, our, uh, on a bit of rivals at home turf and... Uh, Josh uh, Brownell with the inflatable trophy and uh, being told to calm down by Vincent and uh, yeah, it's just a shame. I say it was just a shame there were only what two, two, two and a half thousand away fans because uh, hmm. every other opportunity Rovers have had to milk the away fans. They've allowed Leeds to take six, seven thousand there and Preston takes six, seven thousand there, so they're happy to take their money. But uh, and uh, curiously, lost both of those games as well. So uh, it don't matter how many are in the away end. <laughs> their home form's almost as bad as Burnley's this season yeah same old bastards always losing eh? there we go what about uh, disappointing most disappointing or worst moment or low point of the year Justin we'll start with you for oh, this one. God, not me again um, my biggest disappointment this year is, is pretty obvious that we didn't sort of bring the team from the championship winning side into the Premier League and see what it was capable of that's my biggest disappointment I, I I know I know that I know what the plan is I know what they're doing but I would have loved to have seen um, you know Teller and Matson and Howard Bell is playing for us in the Premier League and just I think that that team who a team that wins the Championship at such by such a wide margin as is probably going to be more competitive on day one in the Premier League than the team that we ended up starting the season with so that, that's my that's my disappointment realize. That's uh, water under the bridge now, and we can't we can't go back to that. But um, I can't I, I can't believe that we would have had a worst a worse first half to the season than we've had if we'd gone down that route instead. Yeah, would he agree yeah. with the Justin? Or have you got your own low think, point and, of twenty twenty three? Ancillary to that, I think some I think our transfer dealings window etc have been. Uh, more than slightly disappointing once we start looking back at it and getting a bit of 2020 vision over it. Um, I think some of the players that we wanted in, in order to be able to do what Justin was saying and get that transition, um, we weren't able to do for whatever particular reasons there were. And then we obviously flailed around a bit, uh, trying to find the right side again. And uh, I think it stemmed from what we did in the transfer market, unfortunately. And we still, at this point, still saying we need those same players. Even Vincent's admitting that he needs those players in this particular window. Yeah. Simon? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought about this one after you suggested it. And uh, it's it's a bit similar to Justin's, really. But I was going to say the Manchester City game was the biggest disappointment. For the reasons that Justin outlined, but also just how far off we were, you know, and mm. the fact that we went into it with what felt like it, we were treating it as an experiment, you know, and I think that did set a really bad tone for the start of the season, that first game, because not that we, not that losing at home to Man City was a disappointment. You sort of expect that, obviously, but, but the team that we put out, the silliness with no left back, people playing out of position, no sign of the players that were still left from last year there, and just that sort of mess, tactically naive approach and everything. And and I was really disappointed because 
you know, we we were lucky and and smart enough to start this podcast like before ahead of the preseason, weren't we? So we were we were all really into those preseason friendly games and watching them because we knew we were going to be talking about them as opposed to just the regular sort of oh, how did we get on in a preseason friendly abroad? And that that Benfica game, like mm. it conned us, didn't it? It tricked us into believing we, we we were playing the ball around against Benfica, Champions League team. We look up for this. We're not going to do bad this year, you know. Maybe these people saying top off aren't crazy. Like, look at us, Vincent's done it again. These new lads have come in and we're, they're all popping the ball around. And then we come out against Manchester City and look look just massively out of depth. So. Mm. City game for me was a bit of a enough of a buzzkill. Everyone's gone quiet. <laughs> no, I agree. I think uh, I think the City game is is probably one that was a big disappointment. Um, interestingly, Owen Dodgson, he of the goal or a goal versus Benfica back in the squad. Maybe Vinny's getting the band back together. Um, I don't Sounds know like he's going back was. out. He's, he said he's, he's going, going back, back out. out. There we go. He's not yeah. getting the band back yeah. together. There we go. <laughs> All of the hope of the Benfica game snatched away <laughs> from me again. Chris, what about you? What about your uh, from a, yeah. disappointment? Well, from a, yeah, from a match perspective, it's probably uh, the West Ham game when you know you're to be leading with mm. sort of three minutes to go and capitulating. You know, conceding two absolutely dreadful goals from a defensive perspective and. Uh, you know, when you were crying for that, uh, you know, just a, a a boost, you know, a shot in the arm, and that that would have been a real a real boost against you know the European Conference uh, winners. You know, a good as we've seen since, what a fabulous result it, it would have been. But uh, mm. and uh, and, it, and even possibly topped by the refereeing, and I say in uh, inverted commas, performance of Stuart Atwell. At, uh, at Villa last week, and it just it still still blows my mind. You know, a few days on that, uh, how, we, how we can contrive to give uh, a penalty in those circumstances, in the you know the, the dying moments, uh, having uh, having failed to see one of the most blatant handballs you'll see at the other end as well. Just utter nonsense. And uh, yeah, I'm, I was reading that you know the ESPN referee, uh, you know the VAR review of the uh, of the week. Yeah. Basically, basically saying that if if Atwell hadn't pointed to the spot, it wouldn't have been given the penalty. And you're looking at so many referees now who are almost choosing to ignore incidents, thinking that VAR might pull them up on it. And he's got to be a hundred percent sure there, Atwell. And he can't be. He just cannot be hundred percent sure that that's a penalty, even though he's got a fabulous view. He's just been conned by. By a, by a, a well a dive let's have it right mm. and uh, it's it's still it, well I've, I've not got over it yet <laughs> still sounding very bitter <clears throat> uh, Duran due Let to go out on loan as well I'm not quite sure if Duran will pass a pass a medical I mean I presume they're still terrific injury that was umpty dumpty style trying to put him back together again the way he went down it's <laughs> amazing how it was his ankle when he kicked the bottom of his boot but. Uh, Enough about that. Right, we'll be back after this short break with a preview of tonight's game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Right then, so we're going to leave 2023 behind. I think the way it ended, 
uh, and Chris's disappointment over the refereeing. Uh, I'm sure he'll still be off Chris's Christmas card list come Christmas of this year, Stuart Atwell. Um, but we do travel to Spurs tonight. We, we've got a game uh, live on ITV uh, against high-flying Tottenham Hotspur. Um, not quite so high-flying as they once were earlier in the season, but Ange Postacoglu has changed the culture by the looks of things at Spurs. Um, what do we make of this game? It's a weird one, isn't it? As soon as that third round draw was made, you just kind of think, oh, God, that's it's probably a trip you can do without. It's a way at Spurs. Perhaps the plus point is we get on Trestle TV, gives people a chance to, to kind of see us if they've not seen us. But Woody, are you expecting much out of, uh, out of tonight's game? Nothing, really, to be honest with you. Um, it's one of those you really don't want to get anybody injured. I'm assuming there are certain people who he's recalled, etc. That he might be putting in a, a shop window for this particular game, etc. And but it's still Spurs, isn't it? And every now and again in in cup games, we do have a little bit of a, a ding dong with these buggers, and it can get quite entertaining. <laughs> so, and I can imagine that they're going to be a, a little bit more gung ho than we'd expect, and uh, won't be at full full pelt either. In fact, they haven't been at full pelt for a bit, have they? So we'll see what they come out with. So it may, it may it may be entertaining, but I don't think I'd be wanting to travel down there. Let's put it that way. Simon, mm. you said earlier we were due a cup run. Tongue in cheek. No, no, we are due serious a cup hope of a of a a cup run this season. Look, I mean Sean will never admit it, but you know he his priority was to get out of the Cups as quickly as possible and so he could focus on the relegation. And there was a, a slight echo of that a little bit in company's uh, comments uh, this week when he said he thought it was a good draw. Now, he dressed it up in the, in the view that you have to beat good teams on the way to the final if you're going to get there anyway. So rather than waste time playing lower division teams and getting all the way to the quarters or the semis and then losing to Spurs, better off to find out whether you can beat Spurs or not now <laughs> uh, which was a really interesting way of saying it's a good draw because we're in a relegation battle and we don't have to worry about the cup after Spurs knock us out but I really hope he picks the strong side I really hope he puts the first choice side out because we've been building a bit of momentum um, I don't think anything's gained at this stage in the season by mixing it up and, and, and giving players a run out who he doesn't think are, are really first-team starters. So I don't want to see some ultra-experimental side. I'd like to see us go for it. Spurs probably will play an experimental side because they'll be giving... They've had a lot of injuries, though, so they might be restricted in how much experimenting they can do. But... Um, I'd really, like, I'd really like to see. I mean, we are due a cup run. I mean, and he can lift you. He can lift you. I mean, people just seem to have this attitude now that a cup run is going to like, oh, it adds games. It's a distraction. It can't help. Look, anything that gives us a boost at this stage is going to is going to help. I think you know the players and their morale. If we can go and beat Tottenham and go on a bit of a cup run, how does that not give us the belief that we might be able to beat bigger clubs in the second half of the season? So I, I really hope he goes for it and picks his strongest side out there and goes there and tries to take on Spurs. But I fear that he'll fit into the conforming approach of most Premier League managers and and and, and not really go for it. Chris, mm. there are going to obviously be a couple of changes. Sander Berger um, suspended. Jordan mm. Bayer, um, who we were trumpeting earlier, uh, injured. Definitely not going to play. 
you, do you agree with Sam? Would you like to see minimal changes, just those where that are necessary? Or do you think actually it's a chance for him to have a look at, you know, reintegrating one or two players and seeing what they do? Well, I'm thinking, I mean, they don't play Luton until a week on Monday, don't they? So it's got like, they've got like a week and a half before the next game. So there's no reason to arrest anyone, is, is there? So, I mean, I'm at the same... You can you can have this debate. I, I I I really don't see the point in you know bringing at this stage now bringing Murich in and playing Connor Roberts because he's not played for a few weeks. Blah blah blah. I'm I'm with Simon. I'd like to go. You know, let's say Spurs have eleven players out. They've not. You know, Madison who was so good at the turf earlier this season. He's he's not fit. I mean, they've still got the ability to play. Uh, I believe they've uh, recalled Jed Spence from uh, from Leeds, who's been doing a job in the Championship, but. Uh, you know, so they, they do have quality in, in, in depth spurs, obviously. But uh, if they pick a weak inside and Burnley go full tilt, or as full tilt as they can without uh, Berger and Bayer, then they have every chance. Like, like Woody says, there has been some. I mean, even the. Uh, if you go back to, uh, I think it was 20, uh, is it 2014, when uh, they drew one apiece at the turf, when Big Volksy came back from injury and, uh, and scored. And then we went down to White Hart Lane and, and Marvin Sordell scored his goal for Burnley. And even though, I mean, he ended up losing the game 4-2, but had a good goal. You know, you think about the, you know, the, the, the League Cup tie under Stan, you know, Stevie Davis scoring and, you know, after Gus Poyet had put them in front. And and obviously, if was it 15 years ago this week was the uh, the second leg of the uh, the League Cup semi-final, famously. So it's you know you know you go but go back forty odd years to Billy Hamilton turning them uh, turning them apart down there. It's historically it's there, isn't it? It's uh, I don't we we used to have this debate with 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 Sean uh, sort of off camera, and he I mean I, part of the the, the the Burnley Express's newspaper group is the Wigan uh, Wigan Post, and you know I speak to their correspondent Paul Kendrick, uh, you know, and. Wigan got relegated, you know, two or three days after after winning the cup, and they're never going to get back to the Premier League. Let's have it right, unless you know they get another, uh, another you know, Dave Wheel and Mark too. But uh, it, w- would they swap that de- moment? I mean, it wasn't in the sun, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Chucking it down, but uh, uh, you know that 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 one moment will live with those you know those Wiganers for all time. You know they've got a pot on the shelf that you can never take away, and. You know, it's just we see those boards around. You know, when you go to the Emirates and you see you know, FA Cup winners in uh, you know whatever year and you know Premier League winners, blah blah blah. It's just another one of those to add. I mean, Burnley have started adding you know second division winners, haven't they, on the uh, yeah. on the boards before the games and so on and so forth. To be able to add that would be unbelievable. We, we we've all dreamt of it, seeing Burnley in a cup final, and to you know to actually go and win it would be just beyond belief. But uh, See, if you go and beat Spurs, it might open up. You never know, do you? It's, mm. uh, it's, it's, uh, I'd, I'd love them to go full tilt at it. Like, you know, live mm. on, on primetime TV on a Friday night. No, Corey. Let's get stuck into it. <laughs> no, <laughs> Corey. Yeah, yeah, that's going yeah. to be the ITV, uh, the ITV <laughs> tagline, isn't it? No, no Corey. Corey let's get Corey getting pushed back for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Manx Cup was shit until we won it on penalties that year, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they will never forget years. the Sherpa van. But provided <laughs> as we are only win over Blackburn for donkeys here, so I'll take the Manx Cup anytime. Yeah, exactly. 
110 years since we last won the FA Cup. Justin, could we win it again on the anniversary of that famous game that we all remember so well? So uh, well, yeah. Well, I've got so I've got a bit of a FA Cup uh, pedigree because my my parents went to the uh, cup final in '62 for their honeymoon. Wow! So yeah, yeah. Um, I still got the program, uh, um, but uh, yeah, of course we can win it. Of course we can. Why not? Somebody's got to win it, haven't they? I mean. I, I agree with everybody else. We should absolutely go full tilt, try and beat Spurs. I think one of one of the points that company was making is that you'd be pretty unlucky to draw another top side like like Spurs until you get a little bit bit deeper into it. Um, and and t- picking up on Chris's point there, I'm pretty sure that if you if you took a vote on whether you wanted to either win the FA Cup or stay in the Premier League, you, you had to choose one or the other. I, I don't. I don't think. I'm pretty sure everybody would. Not everybody would choose staying in the Premier League, would they? I mean, imagine, imagine actually winning something um, that that is like a top flight, you know, first class competition like the FA Cup. It would be wonderful for for everybody. Even if we did go down, I don't think we'd sink like a stone like uh, like Wigan did. Um, I think we'll we would we'll remain competitive. Um, so yeah, especially with that get, gap to the next game, giving us a chance to to to, to sort of um, rest the players. Then there's no reason not to go with a full uh, a, a full strength team. Another consideration, of course, is this team is learning. Um, that's the whole point of playing these games. So to get a game against a top flight, top one of the top teams in the country without Premier League points being at stake you know it's a it's a useful exercise in that regard if nothing else gives us more minutes get takes us you know beyond where we are and gives us a little bit of a chance to to uh bed these players in even more and 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 build on what we've what we've achieved over the last couple of months improving the form a bit yeah, I think I'd agree. And I, I absolutely take your point about would I stay in the Premier League over winning the FA Cup or would I want want to win the FA Cup over staying in the Premier League? I tell you now, I would absolutely want to win the FA Cup. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, yeah. I, would, I, would, I would quite happily, if somebody said to me, you're going to go down and you're going to spend a year in the Championship and then get promoted the year after, I, I, you know, you could offer me three more years in the Championship just to get to Wembley and win an FA Cup. As long as you don't sink like Wigan, you're competitive, you keep building, you keep building, you get back to the Premier League. Yeah, I think I, I think FA Cup glory. That Just think about if you were at Wembley, everyone mm. listening at home, if you were at Wembley, think about that moment when Wade Elliott's goal hit the back of the Sheffield United net. Imagine having that in an FA Cup final. That's what football's mm. about, isn't it? It's about moments. It's not about... I don't yeah. know. Maybe it is about seasons. Maybe I'm kind of being a bit too romantic about it, but no, it's about you... the moments, isn't it, Simon? No, you're absolutely right. And there's, there's far too much from fans. We're not accountants, right? We're not the ones. That, an accountant will say, if we go down, we lose X million in revenue from television, blah, 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 and our three-year plan, that's going to disrupt this and that. Fair enough. That's their job, right? But as football fans, we don't have to think like that. You know, we want those. We want those moments. We want those things. I mean, even 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 we would joke about the Sherpa Van Trophy, but I saw a photo on one of the sort of Burnley memory Facebook pages the other week with with the lads wearing this uh, t shirt oh. with a minibus going down. I, you know, I had one of them. I had one of them. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, and the memories of that day come back and, you know, going down the motorways, getting to service stations, and we took, like, whatever it was, 30-odd thousand there, more people there than there were at England, Scotland the week after. Um, it was an absolutely un- incredible, you know, the game was poor and we lost it, and but that almost was, like, didn't matter. It was, like, that was a rebirth of our club, really, going back to Wembley and those sort of numbers, and we're still here and and all that kind of thing. And you'll never forget that moment. You know, I wasn't there for Wade Elliott's goal, but, you know, anyone who was would not forget that. Um, They're just special moments. And for Burnley to get to the FA Cup final, let alone to win it, would would be absolutely fantastic. And I think any Burnley fan would rather have that. Let's not think like accountants, you know. Let's think like football fans. Christ, we're going to win it, aren't we? We're genuinely. <laughs> this is this is this is Simon, this is Simon's Burnley for Chelsea all over again. Cramp, what no, could possibly no, go no. wrong? I didn't predict anything. I said it would be. Yeah. Uh, I thought we let's were book it. the hotels now. Uh, yeah, yeah, you booked out. I was I've, talking I've, about. It's got me flat back. Yeah. Talking about the Spurs. Talking about the Spurs semi-final, I, I, I was pondering what suit I was going to wear for the final. <laughs> He's got to be a mimic of the uh, the Liverpool oh, Spice yeah. Boys, hasn't it? Nice and Marnie. <laughs> Just imagine you in a in a Martin Bellesque. Martin Bellesque. How could you have said that? Beige suit there, but look like like ice cream salesman, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's have another quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to be discussing Hull City, and we'll tell you why in a little bit. We'll be back after this. Right then, so what? does Hull City have to do with the Burnley FC podcast? Well, uh, it appears that after uh, we uh, we chatted about Southampton being in for Benson, which brought just as we were recording uh, the debrief in the Villa game, and it, it, fe- it seems now that uh, apparently, for whatever reason, uh, relations between Burnley and Southampton are particularly uh, non-existent. I think it's over <laughs> somebody called Nathan Teller who appears to be doing bits in Germany these days. Um, but that is not the end of the Benson saga. It, it seems that uh, Hull City are now favourites for uh, the little Belgian magician's signature. Uh, but not only that, also interested in Anna Sorori, having already taken Scott Twine uh, at the start of the season. Now, I'm not sure what the rules are, uh, and I've not had time to check them, uh, but I presume you can't have three players in the same club in the championship. Um, but... It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we've talked a lot on this podcast about, you know, the class of 23 and the, the lack of chances they'd got. And actually, I think it's probably fair to say it was inconceivable in the summer that Zorori and Benson would, A, not be part of this Clarets Premier League team, but B, we we could be facing a January exodus of both those players and not to the likes of Juventus, AC Milan, all of these big teams that were linked with these two in the summer. And um, Woody, what the hell has gone on to go from that position where it's inconceivable to now looking likely that one, if not both, will exit Turf more before the end of January? What big ask is that? I know. What have I done? <laughs> I mean, on, on one hand, you can say that, um, one, we either don't know anything about football, which... Is valid. <laughs> but, you know, there's also that point whereby 
maybe that step up to the Premiership, and we mentioned on the last pod how Benson wasn't a regular starter, and you'll see on the, the Twitters and uh, various forums, etc., how Benson is now some form of world beater. He genuinely wasn't. Yeah, he scored, he scored some lovely goals. He came on with some fantastic cameos, but very rarely did he have a run in the side, starting and then continuing. He either got an injury or he played better coming on towards 60 minutes or whatever and changed the game. He was almost our talisman in that respect last year. It wasn't as if he played 90 minutes week in, week out, over 37 games, and basically, you know, ran the whole attacking uh, foray against our opponents. That simply didn't happen. So the idea that he may not have stepped up because he has those injuries, he's, he's, he's not physically strong. Uh, he wasn't physically strong in the Championship, let alone in, uh, in the Premier League. Um, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why we necessarily would have expected him to make that big step up. And obviously, it hasn't happened for whatever reasons that's been. Zorori is slightly different, but he tailed off after he'd been to the World Cup. He wasn't the same player again after he came back. He had two two seasons in the, uh, essentially in, in the championship. And then after that sending off, nothing, nothing going. And I, I don't see any reason as to why you would swap Kolyosho and now Odebert out for either of those two and JBG on the, the right-hand side. That makes infinitely more sense. So either you can have them, mm-hmm. you know, squandering their time playing uh, reserve team under 23, whatever the devil they're doing these days, um, or put them out on loan, put them in the shop window, et cetera, and do whatever we're going to do with them. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, I would have thought. Scott mm-hmm. Twine's not coming back for any particular reason. Is he? They're going to try and keep some form of Burnley front line at all, aren't they? Yeah, I think it was more just uh, surmising that you can't yeah. three, and if they wanted the two, yeah, exactly. And um, Chris, I mean, Sasha told us in the summer, where I think we had it as a bit of an exclusive, that Manuel Benson, he's not going anywhere. He was linked with AC Milan, and um, I think Sasha is quite well in with with Benny's people. But um, it, it's clear that company doesn't see either of Zorori and Benson as being up to the task in the Premier League. Do you, do you think one or both of them have been a little bit unlucky? I guess Zoro, with his sending off in that first game, might count himself a bit unlucky. Do you think it is just a case of them not making the grade? Well, Benny's made a glass, isn't he? I mean, the, the, the harsh point. I mean, I think we're all... The, the sadness in, in, with with this case, with me, is that, I mean, when the first reports came out, there was a suggestion that he would go to Southampton on loan with a view to a permanent transfer. Now, we're all thinking that if Burnley, as as appears likely, end up back in the Championship, you've got a player that's ripped it up there. Mm. Now, why wouldn't we want that player to try and replicate what he did last season if they're back in the Championship? Because not all these, you know, I say these talented wide players aren't going to come down with Burnley. You know, all, all sorts of, I mean, we know Collier shows, obviously, well, it looks like he's out for the uh, remainder of the season, but there's a lot of noise about Colliosho, you know, in Italy and America, and I'm sure the, uh, the maybe clubs in Serie A looking at him, etc. And, uh, you know, Odebert, who, who again looks a magnificent prospect, and I'm sure someone might take a punt on him were Burnley to be relegated. But, 
yeah, it's that, that's just a shame for me. Again, you know, a lot of truth in, in what Woody says. He, he, he wasn't, Benson wasn't starting week in, week out. He was coming on and influencing games. And uh, we do, we remember that, uh, you know, that magical spell of, you know, the four identical Iron Robin type goals towards the end of the season, including one a few miles down the road right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's just been a crying shame from Benson's perspective. Zorori, again, it just, he, he didn't feature in all the pre-season games. And then, you, you know, you, the opening day, he's not, you know, he's on the bench and you know, misfortune to get sent off, which, which uh, sort of really, really held him back. And uh, again, he's, despite results, you know, it, it wasn't a case of like, well, they were sort of mixing and matching, trying to trying to get performances, and he but he still seemed some way down the pecking order. He, he had that performance at Salford, where uh, you know, off the top of my head, I think he did he he did a hand in every goal, hadn't he that night? Yeah, I think. yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. And then wasn't involved in the in in the following games back in the Premier League, and you just you felt then that there's there's something amiss here, you know, mm-hmm. say whether whether something's I'd say whether whether it may be, you know, the, I'd say I hate talking about so you know the rumours from uh, you know Bert's dog's cousin's grandma, you know, who says he's got you know there might be an attitude thing, there might be a fallout. You never know, never know. But there's there's something's not not quite right behind the scenes for him to have played so little a part this season. It's absolutely baffling to me. As you say, he was being linked with with the Juventus. Uh, Borussia Dortmund and clubs like this and uh, to me, next thing you know, he might end up at Hull for six months. It's some turnaround that. Yeah, some turnaround but I guess, Justin, we'll always have Salford away, won't we? We'll always have that memory of, yeah. uh, of Zorori. Oh, and the cross for Barnes, of course, to, to oh, that, the Rovers keeper. What a man, delicious that was cross. Be- that, that was beautiful, that was. That was, that was, that was, that was my uh, favourite moment of his. Um, I, I can't say I'm that surprised about Benson uh, being talked about leaving. I mean, he, he's... He's clearly not going to play that much, is he? There's, there's clearly a lot of players uh, in front of him in the queue, and he, he, he has that special place in all our hearts after that after that goal uh, at Ewood. But you know, he, he did that four four times in a row, didn't he? You're not going to be able to do that in the in the Premier League, as uh, Manchester United's Anthony has found out. He did it like twice, didn't he? And then they got found out, and then. Um, Seems pretty easy to to stop, um, so I'm not surprised. It's better. It, it, it's better for him if he's going to get regular game time somewhere else, surely. And also, I think as we said, uh, you know, last week, um, the longer he doesn't play, uh, the the more that's that last season fades into the memory, and the more his his value begins to dip to us. And if we're going to have to, you know, to make the to make the pro the the project work. We have to sell players, don't we? That's the whole point of it. So, but a little, little bit more surprised that Zaruri's not not featured. He seemed to me, as I've said many times, he seemed to me to be uh, the player with the perhaps the most potential coming up out of the championship. So I'm a little, I'd be very disappointed to see to see him go. But again, if he's not going to play, um, then you know, it, it, the the cynic in me says. Let's cash in on him while he's still worth more than we paid for him. 
And Simon, um, just in thinking like an accountant there, just like we told him not to, but, um, but I think we, we've spoken, haven't we, Simon, on this podcast about the fact that this year, you know, with this, we get to the edge of the box and we don't know what to do with it. Both Benson and Zorori were the masters of goals from distance, weren't they? And I, I take on board, you know, um, Justin's point about you're not going to all, you know, you're not going to be able to get away with four games in a row pulling off the same trick. But you just wonder whether either them would offer a slightly different dynamic to what we have got. You know, the Brun Larson goal against Luton is probably the only kind of goal that is mm. what you would describe as Benson or Zorori esque, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Zorori is for me the biggest surprise of the two, really. Um, you know, I mean, don't forget before the World Cup, you know, Morocco pushed him to change his nationality and go so he could get a last spot on the World Cup uh, and go out there. Now, he didn't really feature in that World Cup, but actually one of my little personal highlights of last year was, was you know, being out in Qatar and then seeing these images of, of, of these two lads in Burnley tops with a Moroccan flag, like, <laughs> so excited about, about one of our players being at the World Cup like that. Yeah. And it yeah. felt like he was on the up, you know, and the, the clubs he was being linked to and so on. And you think about the directness of him. It's not just the shots as well, but, you know, the cross for Ashley Barnes' famous header where, you know, Zorori just goes down the left and whips in a proper cross like that um, straight onto his head. We could have done that with that a few times. I don't know. I don't know what's gone on at all. No one knows. It's a mystery, isn't it? And um, I, there was nothing at all in the way Zorori played last season that sent a signal to me that, oh, that's probably not going to work in the Premier League. Nothing at all about it that, that indicated mm. that he wouldn't be able to make the step up. You hope, you know, everyone's got to make some sort of step up and you hope they can do it. No guarantees either, but there was nothing nothing there. Whereas Benson, you might say, you know, he's a bit lightweight. Um, if he doesn't get any joy out of the fullback when he starts his little jinking, there's not a lot else there in his game and so on. But but Zorori looked like a player who who, who would step up. And I still think could. You know, I still think could. I, I, you know, there's no reason why he can have the impact that Kolyosho and Odebert have had, in my opinion, unless there is something we don't know about. Um, so I hope I hope uh, he doesn't go to Hull. Uh, I hope he stays and I hope he, he gets a chance in the side and he, he proves Vincent Company wrong. I really do. There we go. That's our direct plea to Vincent Company. Uh <laughs> Save Zorori. I think we need to uh, get Ashlyn on the case there. Um, to try and find out where he's being kept no. uh, under lock and key. Um, anyway, let's leave it there. Let's leave it on that cheery note. Uh, enjoy the cup game tonight, especially if you're travelling down to London and you're listening to us in your ears as you're on the uh, the, the Sherpa van minibus down to the Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> Stadium. Hopefully, it is going to be the start of a glorious so cup run. Sarah on the way back on that oh, bus. That's it. Get the rosettes out. Um, <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on social media, be at B-Hole Podcast on Twitter, X and Facebook. Um, and yeah, give us a like, a review, a rate, a share, subscribe, do everything you can. We, we're, again, tinkering in the top 100 uh, football podcasts in Great Britain again, which is fantastic given the the quality and the, uh, the, the kind of investment in a lot of those titles. Uh, but until next time, we'll be back after the weekend with a debrief of the Spurs game. Uh, enjoy your weekend and up the clarets.